Episode 15 of the Slinging Sports Podcast is coming at you with your host, Jake Finnerty, and your co-host, Wally McKeon. Wally, how are we doing this week? Let's get right into it. Highlight of the week. You had a big day yesterday. I did have a big day, Jake. Yesterday was my 20th birthday. 20 wonderful years on this earth. And that's pretty obvious as my highlight of the week. I've also got four of my boarding school friends here, two of which I hadn't seen since the start of COVID in March 2020. It's been awesome to hang out with them and to have a little gang, get the gang back together. And then on Friday night, my boarding school is having a fancy dinner for the class of 2020 because we didn't get a graduation or anything. So there's going to be 60 or 70 guys from my graduating class there. And I'm going to New York City. I'm going to the Yankee game. I'll get into that a bit more when we talk about the Yankees and baseball. But I've got, I've had a big week. I've got another big week coming up. Um, I'm, I'm living a good life and I'm here. I'm here talking sports with you, Jake. It is excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad you had a fantastic birthday celebration and that it's not even over yet, technically. Just beginning. You could could just just count this all as your birthday celebration. It's like two birthday weeks, all all wrapped in one. What's been going on in your life as of Um, So this past weekend, I actually had the the honor to go to a very close family friend's uh, wedding. And boy... When I say I'm still wishing I can go back and and relive that day, just because it was so fun. Weddings are so fun. And especially you love seeing people that you've known for so long grow up and get married and live such a happy life. And I'm I'm very, very happy for the uh the couple that got married. Um congratulations to them on here. Actually, um the bride's father. I was talking to him at the wedding and he's an, he's an avid listener of the podcast. So a Amazing. big shout out to him as well. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was very fun. Um, just looking forward to, you know, the beautiful weather this week and finally being able to go in my pool. I just opened up my pool as well. So awesome, very, dude. very excited for that. I will say that I have been to one wedding in my lifetime and it was sort of a mock wedding for my minister at church when I was a kid and he had his real wedding and then he had another one for the congregation. Um, and that's the only wedding I've ever been to. I don't have any family friends. I've never been to the real thing where you go on the dance floor and all that. I've never done any of that, but I'm hoping, tell, hoping I'll me meet someone. You, let me tell you the rush, the rush is just insane. Just you get out on the dance floor and it's over. It's like, it's, it's like, Lose it. it's like, you don't Crazy. even, yeah, you don't even, you don't even know what just happened. He's had so much fun. Uh, it's a great time. I also want to throw in one more highlight of the week. Um, of I think I think both of us will appreciate is that I finished volume one of Stranger Things season four. I did. I'm not well. going to spoil anything, but I greatly enjoyed watching it. I am very no, no spoilers, very but my God, I can't wait till I I don't know how I'm going to be able to wait until what is it July July first? Still like go another month, month away. It's still a yeah. Whole- Away. for two episodes another month for two episodes that are yeah but four hours and total in those yeah. two episodes i believe so yeah can be pretty crazy pretty crazy finish and they still have check a whole other, they still have a whole other season yep so check out check out stranger things season four if you if you have not it is more than worth your time it is viewers out there it's fantastic um but let's get into some sports now so as always we like to start it off highlighting some of some of our players of the week so wally who do you have this week for your player of the week? My player of the week is a player that I feel has not been highlighted enough this season, despite doing them some phenomenal things. And that is Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians. He was the AL player of the week last week, where he batted 348, had a 423 on base percentage, hit three home runs, 11 RBIs, three steals, and struck out only once in the entire week. Wow. He's currently tied for the league lead in baseball with four triples. And he leads all of baseball in RBI with 51, which is more than one RBI per game. The guy's on pace for, I think, 170-something RBIs. And Cleveland, as a team, is struggling mightily. They got off to a very hot start. Now they're a couple games under 500. But Jose Ramirez is putting up MVP-like numbers. And I get it. I love Aaron Judge, obviously. I love everyone else who is in the MVP talk. But obviously, Mike Trout, shine some light on Jose Ramirez. He is doing amazing things for the Guardians, even if the team is struggling a bit. I feel like year in, year out, Jose Ramirez is always performing for them. 
he's always that guy. He's always so reliable for, for Cleveland. Like he'll always put up fantastic numbers. Well, he got a, he got a huge contract extension this past. Well, yeah, especially, especially once uh, they traded, uh, what's his name? Francisco Lindor. Yes. They need that superstar. Yeah. And Ramirez is certainly that superstar. Yeah. He's the city. He is the city. Um, My player of the week also comes from baseball. Um, I don't know if I'd say so much about performance. Well, this guy didn't do too bad. He came into the game last night for the Royals, although they ended up losing. But this guy is a reliever, and his name is Jose Coyas. C-U-A-S. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry for any mispronunciation. But I'm always a sucker for feel-good stories. This guy, five years ago, was cut from the MLB after being drafted and was working at FedEx when in 2021, the Royals saw him pitch in a winter league down in, it was either Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic. And he was signed, did well in double A and was called up. So now this man turned from a FedEx employee to a reliever on the Royals lineup. That's just an amazing story to me. I love these stories. And I feel like it is so unique to baseball where stories like this happen where you see one video going viral on Twitter and it's a player throwing 97, 98 miles per hour. And that gets them a tryout that gets them into low a high a, and they can work their way up. I don't know if you remember. I I don't know if it was last year or the year before. No, it had to be last year because there weren't fans the year before there was a guy at the uh, athletics game and he was throwing, they had one of those machines where you could just throw and they'll, they'll tell you how many miles per hour. And he threw like 102 and they, they called him for a tryout like two days later. And it that was awesome. Just by, just by hurling the ball. I know. It opens doors to a new opportunity. It's, it's, it's great. Unique. It's great. Love it. I wish I could just throw 103 and get a tryout. <laughs> Casually go to the game and throw it down the pipe. Be I awesome. bet you if I I bet you if I threw 103, I'd make the Phillies roster because we're gonna get right <laughs> into that. My God, they are terrible. What the heck is going on? Um, the Phillies losing five straight play against the Giants tonight have already lost the series because they lost two of three already at home. Um, both games went into extra innings, lost in extra innings both times. Um, the pitching just non-existent. Relief pitching. Not there at all. Um, I think it was game three in New York. Um, the Phillies have a one-run lead after Bryce Harper puts them ahead. And Corey Kniebel comes up, gives up a home run to a man who has never even had a hit in the MLB yet. <laughs> Tie the game, extra innings, lose, of course. I, like, I don't know what this team needs. To, I don't know what more this team needs to do to win. It's just the pitching cannot hold up. The defense can't hold up. Nothing. Nothing is there. They're without D.D. Gregorius right now. Gene Segura just broke his hand last night or broke a finger last night. We're trying uh. to bunt. Um, Bryce Harper still only hitting D.H. They just got Mickey Moniak back, which is great for them uh, outfield defensive-wise. But, I mean, he's still got to adapt to the MLB again, like the full league, because it's not the same as when you're playing double-A, triple-A ball. It's not the same pitching. Um, they're they're falling and they're falling fast, and they need something to help pick them up because this is just terrible. It's atrocious. I don't know what more um, I could say. I, I talked about the NL East last week and how everyone is terrible, and they've only gotten worse since then, uh, minus the Mets. And I've said from preseason, and so have you, that the Mets are going to met at some point, but. Mets have a 10 and a half game lead for first place, which is by far is five games more than any other team in all of baseball. The Braves are on second with 23 and 27. Well, the, the Mets, I'm, I'm, I'm the starting Mets. to wonder that we're nearly a third of the way into the season. Maybe the Mets aren't going to met just because there's nobody else in the NL East. Everyone well, is thinking it up. It's not that the Mets won't met. I think the Mets will met, but every other team is basically metting themselves like they're hurting themselves just as the Mets always do right now when it's supposed to count so it's really that the NL East is just going to be such a battle of 
terrible teams that it's going to be like the tallest midget in the circus. Like if you come <laughs> out of that division, like good for you, but there's Make no you going anywhere. Yeah. On the opposite side of that coin of not going anywhere um, are the New York Yankees. Uh, I will say the, the last, not that they've sputtered, but the last 10 days, two weeks, they've fallen off a little bit. There's still a couple games over 500. They've played uh, 20, two games in 23 days or 23 games in 22 days, my mistake. And they went 15 and eight in those games. It's a tough stretch to still go seven games above 500. Um, They just finished a four game set with the Rays. They were dominant in the first two games, winning seven to two and two to nothing. Nasty Nestor is nasty as ever. Um, Everyone pitching is phenomenal still as is sometimes the bats go to sleep. They split that series with Tampa two apiece. Um, they just opened the three game set with the angels, which is stars galore. This series is awesome. Aaron judge, Rob Shohei Otani of a home run in the first inning last night. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't, it doesn't, it doesn't get better than that. Like you cannot, the MLB cannot have a better situation than literally that. That is exactly what you want for the game of baseball. Um, the Yankees absolutely dismantled the angels. They won nine to to one in that game. The angels have, uh, really they've fallen off they're stuttering quite a bit um they have lost six games in a row and they're now only four games above 500 but the yankees i've talked about it time and time again there are these batters these players that are coming out of nowhere and doing amazing things and i mentioned jose trevino last week i'm gonna mention him again he went three for four last night he picked off a runner on first he's batting 263 he had a two-run home run Kyle Higashioka, I love you. You've been in the Yankees system for nearly your entire career, if not your all of your career. Jose Trevino, that is your job. You have 100% won that job. You have been one of the biggest surprises. I am so glad. Matt Carpenter hit another home run yesterday. For all of these players stepping up, doing their job, 9-1 to one against a strong Angels team that is sputtering a bit. But I am greatly enjoying myself. And... I'm going to the game on Sunday, as I said. Um, they're playing against Detroit at 11.35 a.m. Um, I'm very excited for that game and hoping to continue that luck. And uh, Jordan Montgomery will be pitching. Um, and Montgomery finally got some run support last night. Got four runs in the first inning. I think he went seven innings, gave up one run. Um, they are, they're the Yankees. They're the Yankees. Well, I hope that you get to see a win when you go there. I'm hoping for you. I've been to five Yankee games in my lifetime, and they are three and two in the games that I have attended. So, all right, above five hundred. That's not that's not bad then. That's not bad at all. Hoping to make it four and two. (laughs) Um, but a little bit of drama in the MLB this week. We don't we don't usually get a lot of this. I feel like, and it's not even over on field stuff. It's over off field stuff. Tommy Finn slapped Jock Peterson so badly that he got suspended for three games. I absolutely love this. All over fantasy football drama. And there's an interview with Jock Peterson after the game where Tommy Pham slapped him. And he essentially said, Jock Peterson was placing players on the injured reserve in order to save space and he wouldn't have to cut people from his bench or anything. And whatever he said to Tommy Pham about it, Tommy Pham did not appreciate it. This happened months ago. This happened in the fall. And now, uh, yeah. now the actions are happening. Um, it's like, that's what we do as college kids in our fantasy league. That's something you would expect. Not professional baseball athletes. Um, I find it to be hilarious. I don't think slapping has a place in the game. Violence isn't good for the game. Of I baseball, thought the, but... <laughs> I thought the slap was a little hard just because he said some disrespectful things in a group chat about and it. The, the best part was, is that Jock Peterson said that Tommy Pham was doing the same thing, placing players on the IR and to avoid having to cut any of them. Well, because that's how, that's how, that's how, that's how, if it's set up that way, then why are you not yeah. going to do that? Um, Sam also came out this today. This was today's comment saying that Mike Trout is the worst commissioner ever in fantasy football. (laughs) So Mike Trout is the commissioner and now he's blaming Trout for all of this. That is awesome. Bring Trout and get Trout suspended for a game because of a fantasy football league. (laughs) Well, Trout's a, Trout's a quiet guy. So I don't know if he'll speak up about it. 
he definitely won't but it's really funny i love it we'll see um history was made the reds won at fenway park for the first time since the 1975 world series that doesn't seem possible how that's, can that's what how, i'm saying i didn't how think do you that go was nearly 50 years i don't know because like the al nl sometimes you only play each other every other year and sometimes well yeah because the other stadium and everything it's like the phillies don't play the yankees every year it's it's like every two or three years yeah but 50 years to win one game not even a series just a just single one, game. one single game just one single game I like the, um, when I saw that stat, I was like, there's no possible way. But I reread it. I went back. I was like, this is actually real. I don't know. We how. Also, we, we talked about Boston uh, a little bit last week and how they were getting hot. And they, they were. They were 11 4 in their last 15 at that time. But I don't know how close you were paying attention to the Baltimore series. Where they played five games and they lost three out of five, Boston did including blowing a eight to one lead. I, I believe they lost that game that. 12 to eight. Yeah. And on uh, Monday, they got shut out 10 to nothing against Baltimore. Boston, before you say, Oh, we're back. We're coming for the Yankees. We're coming for first focus on Baltimore and getting out of uh, their fourth place right now. Focus on keeping Baltimore away before you're going to end up in the basement even more. So yeah, they're, they're struggling right now. They can't seem to just stay hot. Like, they'll get hot for, like you said, a stretch of 15, and then right after that, completely. Right back to it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's good that they have the ability to get hot. It's important to possess that ability. They just Well, I mean, they got hot in the wild card last year, so. Exactly. Exactly. So It's just about getting hot at the right time. Uh, Speaking of a team getting hot and staying hot, Minnesota, the Twins, completely flying under the radar right now. Nobody is talking about how they are literally leading the AL Central by five and a half games. They're nine games above 500. I have not heard the Twins mentioned once. They haven't been. entire season. I don't even see that. Like when I, so MLB releases their power rankings every week. I, yeah. I usually take a glance. I don't, I don't go in depth with it, but I don't even think I've noticed that their name has been on there that, that much. No, and, I never see it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I have no clue. Um, like, Luis Arias, my God. Last 15 games, he's batting 400 with five RBIs. Like, he has a stolen base within that time period, too. He's, he's, yeah. insane. he's hitting insane right now. He is. I will say, looking, yeah. looking at the uh, Twins' schedule right now, they have played, I don't even know how many games this is, 15, uh, just against Kansas City and Detroit. Okay. They have played so many games against just the two of them. Um, they've got a five-game series with Detroit going right now, and they played Kansas City for four, Detroit for three, Kansas City for three. Um, wins are wins. You can't control your schedule. It's important to beat down on the bad teams. Well, it's also it's also their division. Like, do you have to yeah. win those games in your division because you're going to play them so many times per year. It also they, helps they that the White schedule. Sox. They had a are... tough, tough schedule coming up this week, though. They play at Toronto, then they play the Yankees, then they play the Rays, yep. then they have to play the Mariners, who are up and down, like we've talked about in the past. Um, I don't know. It'll be they're a team. They're a team to watch right now, though. They're they're a team to watch in the regular season. I don't know what the exact numbers are of Minnesota in the playoffs, but they have been dreadful, especially Terrible. against the Yankees. Terrible. But they, I mean, they have Carlos Correa now. <laughs> Playoff god, Carlos Correa. <laughs> um, see. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I just say keep Minnesota, keep an eye on Minnesota. Keep them on the back burner. If you, if you, you want to see, you know, a nice fun team during the season, during the regular season, because it's a long regular season. We're not even, we're not even close to October yet. We don't have to talk about playoffs yet. We're not even close to halfway. We got another month to go, yeah. month yeah. plus even. Like all star voting didn't even open up yet. Yeah. So got a long, long time to go. Um, but speaking of actual playoffs, the NHL are in their conference finals right now. And the Avs took on the Oilers last night. Jesus, this was the second most this was the second most goals scored in a conference final game. 
the Avs won eight to six in game. I don't one. know. I don't know what is up with Edmonton in the game ones of these playoffs, but that whatever it was nine to six game against Calgary and now eight to six in this one. And once again, they went down seven to three in this game, came back to make it seven, six. Um, and then there was an empty netter Colorado notched it to eight to six, but this game as I also like, I haven't watched the Western uh, conference games as much just because it's later and I go to bed and everything. Yeah. Same but thing. these Compared to the Eastern Conference teams of Rangers and Tampa, which we'll get into in a minute, these are polar opposites. The style of play, putting up goals like this. Edmonton was putting up four or five goals in nearly every game against Calgary. You look at the Eastern Conference, it's the exact opposite. It's like three, so two. So I am, like two, re- regardless of who the uh, Stanley Cup ends up being, the clash of the style of play from each conference is going to be awesome. No matter what it ends up being, the style of play, them going head to head, is going to be great. Well, both teams are going to have to adjust majorly. Like totally insane. It's I don't know. I it, the East is just completely defensive heavy. It feels like yeah. Um, but then the West, my God, it's just offense galore. Goals galore. Eight, that is all eight, it is. Eight goals in one game. That's insane. Well, I mean, it's not like unrealistic, but it's insane. Um, yeah, but let's get into talking about the best conference series, at least here on the Slinging Sports Podcast, because it's me versus Wally now. It is the <laughs> Lightning versus the Rangers in the Eastern Conference. And uh, I, I'd like to point out, as we're recording this, uh, Jake that has my name, his... My name on the Zoom does say Lightning in four. So I, I'd like to begin with that. Honest opinions, no, no bias. Series prediction. We gotta get to it right now. No bias. No bias. You can pick the ten. You can pick Tampa, but do you honestly believe? I say I say lightning. Lightning in six. Six. Wow. Wow. No. Uh, I'm gonna have my bias of Rangers. Rangers in seven. I think the series goes seven regardless. I I don't care about the six. It's going seven, especially now that the Rangers have home ice. They've got home ice again, like they did in the first round. Four games. Well, that's why. That's why I think. That's why I think Lightning and that's why I think Lightning in six. That's why you think it should be in seven because they're going to have to play three games by then. They're going to have to play three games at the Garden. But and but, I'd like to point but, out. I'd like to point this out. The okay, Lightning. The Lightning won't fold like the Rangers did in rally the first three games. Do you know? Do you know how many? Uh, how many times the Lightning beat the Rangers in the regular season? No, what I'll was tell it? you. Zero. Zero. Yeah. The Rangers beat them in all three games. They swept them in the regular season series. So playoffs, yeah, different breed. Blah blah blah. Well, yeah, but, at but the, like, history. I could I could completely say you know who had the most goals scored this year, Florida, and you know who didn't who scored. That's different. That's no different. Goals. It's different. These, these teams know each other. They've played each other. They've got history in conference finals in 2015, although it, those rosters have completely changed over. They've got history between the two. Um, I am very, as, as I talked about, and we've both talked about with the low scoring and the fantastic goaltending, the Rangers gave up the second least goals per game in the regular season. Tampa gave up the sixth least. Shesterkin versus Valashevsky, beautiful. Every game's going to be, be one be nothing two one. Great. Yeah. It's that not, is what it's going to be. It's not gonna be these eight six games. It's gonna be at at most it'll probably be a three two game. At most. If 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 anyone scores four goals without an empty netter, a legit four goals in this series, I will be shocked. I do not think anyone will exceed four goals. I don't think so either. I, I think um I, I think the, the most goals scored in the game will be three. I also really like the storyline of this series with Tampa uh, looking to defend their title for the third straight year, already back-to-back, going for a third. Um, They've got all the experience in the world. Nobody should have been doubting them from the beginning. They should have been the favorites coming out of the East, no matter what. And then there are these upstart Rangers who, going into the playoffs, were the youngest team in the entire NHL for playoff teams that qualified out of 16 teams. They had pretty much no playoff experience. Igor Shosturkin had never started a playoff game. 
all of the kids, the young guys had never started a playoff game. And here they are 14 games in, they've got more than enough experience just from those 14. They've come back from down three, one, they're down two Oh, they're the first team in NHL history to come back from two game deficits in multiple series in the same postseason. hashtag no quit in NY. No kidding about that. They are, they're remarkable. I'm going to say that I'm a Ranger fan, blah, blah, blah. But the storyline of those two, Tampa Bay has already proven that they can do it. The Rangers, who have done greatly outseeded expectations. The goal was to make the playoffs. Nobody cared about winning a series. The goal is to make the playoffs. And now they're in the conference final. So I am not only looking forward to them bashing this year going head-to-head, but the future as well. I don't think Tampa's going anywhere, at least not for a bit. I don't, Rangers, I don't think Tampa will they're fall. coming up. I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll fall Rangers off. are coming up. Um, they'll be at the top. The Rangers, like like you said, experience. They've already played in two seven-game series so far this this postseason. That's they, another thing. They that, have plenty of grit and plenty of fight until the end in all of these series. That's the thing as well with Tampa. They swept Florida, as we all know. They've had they've had rest for they've had rest. a while now. But at the same time, is that too much rest? Is it no? Bad I don't think to so. Be if, resting. If, if any, compared if to any, this team, if anything, if anything, they'll have a they'll have a slow start in game one. But I don't think it'll be too much rest to the point where they won't be prepared to take a take a deep series or or have a tough series against against the Rangers, knowing that compared the Rangers team, are a, are a tough team to play to start off. Comparing to the team that is firing on all cylinders and just outscored Carolina eleven to four in the last two games, they have been dominant in both of those two games. I think, yeah, I think Tampa will wake up as time goes on, but I, I do think there will be some, some rust, at least in the first couple of periods in game one, periods one and two. I think, and I, think hopefully, I think, I think the first, the first two periods will come out a little slow. They, because they've been off the ice a little bit, but I, I think they'll, they'll get back into it quick. Like we've talked about, they're an experienced team. They know what they have to do. Very true. They know. They what they know. I'm looking forward to it, man. Couldn't be better. This is, this is as best. This is the best we could get. At least I, on this thing, we've been we've been praying for this since round one. We've literally <laughs> been saying that we, we want this it. to happen for we a while. It. Well, obviously, we both want our teams to advance, but we want our teams to face off. Um, now into the best segment, drip of the week. Wally, would you like to get us started this week? Oh, gladly get us started. I'm going to be using the same athlete that you chose last week, and that is Jason Tatum the Boston Celtics. His drip was a uh, Kobe Bryant armband that he wore for game seven, as well as custom Air Jordans to honor the Black Mamba. Um, Jason Tatum said after the game that Kobe was his idol and he wanted to have have that piece of Kobe with him. And an amazing tribute to Kobe Bryant, may he rest in peace. And Tatum had the Mamba mentality. They won game seven, going to the NBA Finals. Um, not much else needs to be said. Lovely tribute to Kobe Bryant. Um, I will also like to add that I don't know if it was before the game or after the game. He had texted what was Kobe Bryant's number saying, um, I've got you with me. Um, Mm -hmm. a great tribute to one of the best Kobe Bryant, um, but my drip, actually, I, I just realized our drips are basically just like reverse this week because I have a City Connect uniform this week, and that is the mm-hmm. Angels. <laughs> um, theirs actually leaked. They were not officially announced, but there are pictures out there. Um, and I was telling you before the show that these remind me of something that you'd see on Field of Dreams, like something just straight up Field of Dreams game, like... I love it. The only thing I said I would have changed is the diamond around the numbers. I think that looks a little bit odd. If it was just the number, I think I'd like it a little bit more, but I like the font. I love the hats, of course. I'm a big hat guy. Um, I love these. I love these uniforms. And the the photo shoot of where the jerseys were leaked from, um, it's kind of like Field of Dreams. If Field of Dreams took place at the beach, rather than in a cornfield if it took Um, place like in la yeah which i think is really cool you get that vintage vibe from it but there's also that surfer boy type beat with these jerseys um which i think is really really cool i love it the little little socal vibes Mm -hmm. of course of course you gotta love it um 
But moving on now, we've got a ton of NFL news, actually. Um, first off, obviously, we have to address rest in peace to Jeff Gladney. That was a very tragic incident that happened with him. Uh, a young man of 25 years old passing mm-hmm. away in a car accident. Again, prayers out to him and his family and just all of his loved ones. Very, very sad um, news. It's just terrible. It's terrible when anyone passes away, obviously, but something sudden, a young player with talent, his girlfriend as well. Um, it's horrible. It's not something you think about when you think about with these athletes, you think of them as players. You don't think of them as human beings. Um, and it's, and it's terrible. May both Gladney and his girlfriend rest in peace. And paying tribute to another uh, idol that we had lost this year, John Madden was announced today as the cover athlete or cover person for the next Madden game, Madden 23. Um, This is the first time Madden has appeared on the cover since the game released in 2000. Um, As it should be. It is exactly right. Perfect tribute for John Madden, the way that he changed the game of football, not only in the video game world, but as a analyst as well. Yeah. Um, specifically the telestrator he changed the game he made the game accessible to fans that didn't understand football he made it so someone could turn the game on and say i understand what's going on now i can follow this game because of john madden um rest in peace to him as well and thank you madden for getting it right and putting his name and his face on 20 madden 23 one of one of the best things madden has done lately Um, 100 percent uh happening i believe this was yesterday the tampa bay buccaneers signed signed former bears d tackle akeem hicks pointing signs that they're likely moving on from indomica sue i was i was waiting on the akeem hicks signing um i'm surprised it came this late i thought he'd be gone by march april had to be one of the premier one of the best defensive tackles on the market certainly yeah, I was very shocked that it had taken this long for him to be signed. Um, and I, I'm not surprised that he went to the Bucks, but I was just very shocked that it had come this late. I was going to say, I wonder if he waited it out so he could get he could sign with a contender. That 100% must have been part of his philosophy. Well, do you think um, it was after? He, well, obviously he signed after the Brady, like re unretirement. But do you think he waited to see if Brady was actually fully I, retired? I totally. To part of it and i'm sure i'm sure some lowly teams no disrespect to teams that are trying to turn it around as we are fans of teams that are trying to turn yep. it around but trying to turn it around if you're if you're akeem hicks you've got money you've already made enough money go win the super bowl go sign with a team that you feel gives the best chance um where you will not only be a force as a player in the locker room do wondrous things help them get a ring smart i respect the signing um, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm very intrigued to see where Sue goes. I, I have no clue where he's going to end up. I was, uh, getting- I told you I was watching, uh, the Pat McAfee show earlier and they were talking about this as well. Um, and Ian Rappaport was on and he said he had heard rumbles that Sue may end up on the Raiders. Hmm. Is there any reason why they're going to, he's going to end up in Vegas? They didn't really say he didn't really say why just he, just, he was just he was just saying rumbles on where what teams he could end up on. And that was one of them. That was one of the major ones. That's what I should say. He's also 35. Yeah, which I didn't even realize he's been yeah, in the league pretty, for quite some pretty time. Old, pretty old. Um, 2010 NFL draft. Well, also happening this week, the commanders bought a ton of land in Virginia. And everyone is speculating that this is a new potential spot for their stadium. And a hundred million dollars on just land and even they haven't built anything. I'm sure they have secret plans, blueprints and everything, but hundred million for land in Virginia. I believe it's a 45 minute drive from the like downtown city of yeah. DC, Washington, DC. Um, FedEx field is a dumpster fire. It's the worst stadium in the NFL. No question about it. Um, they need something new. And from the supposed mocks blueprints that have, come up they've surfaced on twitter and everything it looks nice it looks like yeah, washington I, the commanders I saw, I saw it i was 
I was shocked that that was actually like the blueprints for it. Like that those were actually like legitimate like floor plans. I was like, this is a nice field. But it seems like yeah. um to add on to this, also reported today was that uh, Roger Goodell and Dan Snyder have to report in front of Congress to address everything that's been going on within the commander's organization. Um, it, it, people are hinting at the fact that Snyder may have to sell the team and that this land buying makes the team more valuable. 100%. Um, Dan Snyder's a sleaze bag. I don't know why he still has the right. I don't, to I don't know why NFL he's still team. been an owner of an NFL team, but, but that's a very good point. And it might've been his last hurrah owning this team and even whatever is going to happen to him outside of the NFL world. Um, buy this land makes it a lot more valuable and the things that washington wants to do with this land they want to turn into like a village they want to have hotels restaurants they want to make it a destination it's almost more like than just a football it's almost stadium. like uh the deer district in in milwaukee exactly into. it's uh, also what uh the giants and jets should have done with metlife instead they just built an air conditioning unit that is inaccessible to the city of new york and is extremely painful to get to and doesn't even have walls in the outside so if you go into the concourse you get rained on during the winter or snowed on during the winter whatever it's all right because they have a giant mall next to it now that you can go to yeah a big mall with a nickelodeon themed water park that's it they got nothing can't wait to go on the kung fu panda water slide respect respect to the commanders for in theory reportedly planning it out um well that's what that's what they did with sofi as well isn't it isn't it kind of like its own there's not so many hotels around it but they bought they bought a bunch of land it's a and good they made like, it area theirs. yeah and they're still kind of renovating around it there's more to come at sofi yeah see that that that's how you build a stadium man that's how you build one and you build one that isn't disgusting MetLife. well the, the thing with the thing with uh washington is that if they're going that far outside of the actual city as well, you like, got to make it nice. You better, you better have something that's going to draw fans and you better actually have oh, yeah. something where fans could stay as well. Um, I think that's a perfect idea. I, I think Milwaukee has it right. I was actually, I've told you I was at Milwaukee the first year that it opened and mm-hmm. that area. Well, the old center still wasn't even knocked down yet. Like we were walking by it, but the whole area is just beautiful now and it's just right on the water it's it's crazy so definitely definitely have to have to rework the way that people people do stadiums now um it's a whole experience but someone else returned today and that was kyler murray returned to the cardinals facility for the first time as otas resume and and keep going i don't even know why he didn't show up in the first place there's been all the mysterious cryptic his social media his contracts stuff. and stuff like that. He's been he'll play. He's been trying. He's been trying to get a bigger contract. And, and along with that, a yeah. certain Ravens quarterback by the name of Lamar Jackson is still yet to report to yes. OTAs. He's yeah, been he's still not. He's still not there. And I think he'll get that contract. I think he's a lot more deserving than Kyler. No disrespect, but when you win the MVP after being the 32nd overall pick. And you're one of you're a top ten quarterback in the NFL, and it's your fourth year. Um, go get. I don't have a problem with you, Lamar. Hold out, get your money. I don't blame you one bit. But Kyler, I'm glad. I'm glad you went to OTAs. Um, you're only three years in. So yeah, yeah. I think I think Kyler still needs this year to prove one more year. Then you can hold out. Then you can go get yeah. your money. Um, something off the field that's happening pretty big, except. You know, ESPN really brought it on the field and said which QB yes. was going to win the Super Bowl next is what you informed me on. But uh, Capital One's the match with partners of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in a nice golf match, nice friendly golf game. Who you got? Who you taking? What team? I know absolutely nothing about golf. Um, I don't. I specifically don't know what. Uh, four of the what top five top six quarterbacks in all of the world um i don't know what their golf skills are but i do view golf as an old man's game so i will take 
even though I don't like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, I can't stand them because they are so good at their jobs. I will take Rodgers and Brady um, in the match. Well, I absolutely love Aaron Rodgers. You've known this. I know you do. Um, <laughs> so I'm going with the team of Rodgers and Brady as well, regardless. But I believe it was last year that Brady and Rodgers faced off one-on-one. Or no, no, no. It was um, Brady and Mickelson against Rodgers and I remember the other that was that was the uh, that was the first like the match yeah. but then this year they got Allen and Mahomes to do it so it's like the young up and coming QBs against the it's actual like, established the proven proven superstars so i like this a lot better to be completely honest um it's better but i'm totally taking Rodgers and Brady i'm not going against my man Aaron Rodgers do you know much about them as golf golfers? Um, I've seen Rodgers and Brady play from last year. They weren't bad. They were pretty. They were pretty good. I've I don't seen, know much about. I don't know much about Allen and Mahomes golfing. I don't know if you saw the video of uh, Brady got a hole in one, and there was the drone. There was an awesome drone shot of following Brady's ball, um, getting a hole in one wherever he's practicing, which is a really cool video. Um, I also know not Patrick Mahomes, but Travis Kelsey. Uh, during COVID, uh, like June, July of 2020, they had a celebrity golfing competition. Steph Curry was there. Mahomes, I think Charles Barkley was uh, there. Steph Curry's a good golfer, actually. Steph Curry's a very that. good golfer. But Travis Kelsey, I'd like to point out, this guy was terrible. They had a special scoring for all of the golfing, like not just regular birdie, par, all of that. They had specific scoring. Travis Kelsey was like negative 200 in a bad way. You wanted to be in the positive and he was so far in last place. That um, is terrible. So I see why, I see why Travis Kelsey wasn't invited to the, to the match. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't see him joining the match anytime soon, <laughs> unless they do an entire like big NFL invite or like, Ooh, could you imagine? Really cool. They I'd do, like that. they do a, they do one player from each team. And it's just that'd be cool. all like just a whole leaderboard. That'd be great. That'd that's be a good so idea, funny. right there. I'd love to see Trevor idea. Lawrence on the golf course, Owen <laughs> Hair. He actually he golfs. I do know that he's a pretty good golfer. The sport I mean, on the come up. He's he's good at he's good at a, lot, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. He's good at a lot of things. He's a very talented <laughs> guy. Um, but into our big QB segment of the week, we've got bust or trust. As always. Our best segment, our big summer segment. Wally, who are we talking about this week? I, I, I want to say quickly, I love this segment. I look forward to this every week. I like that we cover ground on all of these quarterbacks, and especially quarterbacks that don't get as much light. You know, these guys that are borderline. We're not sure about them. And oh, it's nice. It's nice to come on here and talk with you. Um, this well, I, week, lo- I love the, I love debating it as well. Yeah, that too. We get some get some fire in us. This week, we will be talking about a certain former Mizzou quarterback who was traded this offseason, and that is Drew Locke, the 2019 second-round pick of the Denver Broncos to the Seattle Seahawks. Jake, I present you this. Drew Locke, bust or trust? Now, you had mentioned how your big Drew Locke video on – on Highlight Locker, got a ton of ton of uh, views, yes. ton of likes. Yes, it did, and even a ton of comments from mm-hmm. a bunch of Seattle fans saying, "I can't wait for this man to be our starting QB. I can't wait to see what he has. I can't wait to see what he does." Well, listen, I can tell you right now, he's not going to do anything. This man straight <laughs> up bust. The amount of opportunities he even had in Denver, that wide receiver core that he had, and he still couldn't even do anything. They ended up benching him for Teddy Bridgewater. What is what do these people think this man is going to do? He has had his opportunities to shine. He's had his opportunities to make an impact. And I don't think that anything is going to change. There's they already got they're already looking to get rid of Tyler Lockett. They're already DK is about to be on the way out because Tyler Lockett's gonna go. He's at first, he's not gonna have any wide receivers. And next, he just has no talent. He doesn't have NFL talent to be a starting QB. Now, a backup, that's completely different. He could totally become a backup. But he is not a starting quarterback in the NFL, and he will not make it for the Seattle Seahawks. I will agree. 
in the bus department. And I'll, I'll jump to this now. You mentioned the comments and people on the Drew Lock video. In the video, um, I don't remember what, yeah, I think the video is called Drew Lock Throws That Will Make Seahawk Fans Excited. Um, and they're all 30 plus yard throws off bounds, just showcasing his arm talent. And I scan, I briefly scanned through more than 200 comments relating to Drew Locke. And there's a lot of people that had a lot to say. You just gotten 18, 19,000 views. General consensus, plenty of potential. More than anything, that is the number one thing that was positive. Locke has potential off the walls. Here are the bad things. Tends to push the ball into traffic a lot. He does not like to wait there and try to find the open guy. If he sees this guy, he's locking on, he's throwing it there. He does not care what corner safety linebacker is in the area. He is throwing it. He's inaccurate, which has to do with his poor footwork, which is a huge, huge problem coming out of Mizzou and even now in the NFL. That was the problem. He's got this rocket arm, bazooka arm, but nothing else goes with the arm. He doesn't know how to drive off of his front foot or his back foot. He just stands there and whips it downfield. And because of that, he always throws the ball off balance. He does not set his feet. He never sets his feet. And he has the arm talent to make some of these throws. But at the same time, that leads to extremely inaccurate passes. Him trying to get over there and throwing off balance and trying to make these spectacular plays, which, again, he has the potential to do, but he's not making them consistently. Going with that, mechanics, everything about him needs to be fixed. And this is where I think Drew Locke is in the right situation. Not that Denver was overly bad, but going to Seattle with Pete Carroll, who is a proven head coach, who can win. Having Shane Waldron as your offensive coordinator, who has worked alongside Russell Wilson. He has seen an elite quarterback. He knows what it takes. He has witnessed firsthand what it takes to build an amazing quarterback in the NFL. And I also like this about Drew Locke versus Geno Smith in Seattle. Drew Locke matches up way more with Russ in terms of skill set. Yes, he doesn't have the deep ball. He doesn't have the accuracy. None of that. Not yet, at least. But he's got the athleticism. He's got that strong arm. There are some slight, they match up compared to Geno Smith, who's a little bit more of a game manager. Russ is not a game manager. Locke is a risk taker like Russ. So I like that. I think he is in the right situation. Um, I don't think that it's going to pan out for Seattle as a lot of uh, Seattle fans have commented on this video that they're a total believer in him, which is very funny because Broncos fans have watched this video as well. And they comment saying the exact opposite. They reply to Seattle saying, do not get excited. He's terrible. You want nothing to do with him. Bust. And he's going to be a bust. But there are only a very few number of teams that he could have gone to where the situation would have been better. He's in, he's, he's where he should be for year I four, just, trying to turn himself around for, for the way that he is. All right. Yeah. He's in a good situation, but I, I still, I, I still don't see anywhere or any other place that would have made him not a bust. Right. He's, he's too far gone. He's yeah, three that's, years. That's, that's, he's, that's, that's, he's had the time to fix he it. He had all but, his opportunities. He had all his opportunities. I, I, this man just brings me so much anger. I can't even lie. Why do you hate Drew Locke, man? I just I like I, him. So many people like were so high on him for so long. And I was saying he was such a bust when he was even considered anything in Denver. And finally he blew up and I was some, right. some scouts and analysts viewed Locke as the number two quarterback in the 2019 NFL draft behind Kyler. They thought Locke was number I know. two. I know. That, that quarterback class is a little iffy anyway, including yeah. Kyler, borderline, pretty good. But we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for yeah. Mr. Drew Locke. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but now getting into our final little segment here, we've got the NBA. The finals is set. We have Warriors against Celtics. Going to the Bay Area tomorrow to start this off. But Draymond Green made some comments this week about Steph Curry getting a little bit disrespect because saying how all these people need him to have hardware to, uh, you know, actually see his value, meaning 
he needs that finals MVP for some of those analysts or some of those reporters to actually give him credit. Now, Steph Curry, in my opinion, is a top two point guard of all time. Um, may even end up being the greatest point guard after this. By the time he's done. Yeah, after the well, even after the finals, to be completely yeah. honest. Um, but Draymond said that uh, Curry was not getting enough respect and that when KD was on the team, Curry was still getting triple teamed so that KD was outshining Curry simply because KD was putting up better numbers. Now, KD responded to this saying that's just 100% false. Um, so they're kind of going at it right now. You know, I respect Draymond Green for respecting or for back, backing up his guy and Steph. They've been through it all. The two of them and Clay, they have been through all of these finals appearances, championships, and everything. Um, does Steph need to be backed up, though? Do we even need to talk about Steph? As you said, he's a top two point guard. Sure, he doesn't have a finals MD, MVP. Whoop de doo, man. He's going to play for another five, six years. He's revolutionized the game of basketball. He has every shooting record. He's the best shooter of all time. I don't, think, I, don't, with that. I don't think we, I don't think he needs to be validated on this podcast. I don't think he needs to be validated between you and I because both of, both of us clearly know this man is the greatest shooter of all time. He is arguably the, I'll just say arguably the best point guard of all time. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't know what more this man could do to validate where he's at besides win this finals MVP just for some people's validation. Because some of these know. reporters are still mind-bogglingly considering him h- hardly in the top 10. I don't, I don't, you know, I like Steph. You're I doofus. love Steph. And I, you're, I'm, you're a doofus. Let me just, let me you're just say that this is he... like this period starting in 2015 until now, even a little bit before 2015. I'm so glad that like I'm growing up in this era, like watching this man play because he has truly revolutionized the game of basketball. The way scoring mm-hmm. is the uh, like the importance of just the three ball itself. So many more mm-hmm. people shoot the three now simply because of Steph Curry. Players that never thought they were supposed to shoot the three. Every big man in the NBA, it is now expected of you to shoot a three, largely because of how Steph changed basketball. He a made big, the three a big, as important a big as man won won the three point contest this year. Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, a center, exactly. won the three point contest. There you go. Steph Curry's insane, man. I don't care what anyone says. Exactly. Um, but speaking of three pointers, this big game, Eastern Conference Finals, about twenty seconds left. Jimmy Butler gets the rebound, gets the ball, goes down court, has Al Horford one on one but decides to take the three. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just going to ask this question. Do you agree with the decision to take the three and take the lead? They were only down two. I I was going to say yes. I do agree with it, largely because you'd be giving the ball back to Boston. They'd have plenty of time to set up a play, and you're trying to avoid overtime. But then I realized, not even realized, but – this game was at Miami. You should want to go to overtime. You've got the crowd behind you. They you should also, be playing they were for the top. They also down 14 a majority of that second half. Yeah, you should want to prolong it. So for that reason, just because it was in Miami, I don't care about, I think, yeah, as you said, being down and trying to come back and drag it out as much as possible. I think that's helpful. But just because you're at home, you've got your crowd there thousands of people screaming for you take the tie get it into ot the crowd will make their noise while boston has the ball they will aid you before they can score see um um, for the first time i think i saw what is it called now ftx arena um i think i saw it full for the first time this playoff series um and this had to be the most fun game that i've watched since the that series that I was talking about the Memphis Minnesota series, because that series is just my favorite, this playoffs and yeah. the entire playoffs is just other comebacks because everything's just been boring and stuff like that. But this, this comeback mm-hmm. right at the end of the game, it's a game seven. And I like dislike Boston with a passion. Mm-hmm. I want to see Jimmy Butler get a ring. 
although he knocked out my Sixers, I'm still rooting for him. But <laughs> when this when this happens initially, I'm like, why would you do that, Jimmy Butler? He's been he was driving to the hoop all night. The three ball is his weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I didn't I didn't agree with the shot at all. Um, I think when you have Al Horford one on one, you're that most too. likely going to get the contact, if anything, and you could potentially throws. try and either get a free throw or get an and one. So you're getting that third point regardless. I think I don't know in in my head. Jimmy was just trying to be the hero, which he was basically the hero for this team, regardless, because he was carrying them the last two games. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with the three, the taking the three. I think he should have he went for the two. Well, but fun, we'll fact about, fun fact about Jimmy Butler pertaining to the finals, the past <laughs> three finals, the team to eliminate Jimmy Butler – has won the finals. You know, it's funny. I think we can jump right into the finals off of that. Um, we can loop back around to a little bit. But I don't care. Warriors in five. I'm right here. I'm saying it now. In our notes, we have NBA finals. Will it be better than these NBA mid-offs? No. No, it won't. Golden State in five. Multiple wins and more than 15 points. No, you see, I think it will be just because I so badly want Golden State to sweep Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but in all honesty, I don't think it'll be better than any series in this playoffs. Um, It won't. Like, I've literally literally just been coming back to this one series, that Memphis-Minnesota series, because nothing has been more exciting than that series for me. Nothing. Nothing's been more fun. Every other game, every every single game has been a win of 10 plus points, it seems like. It's not fun. I don't I don't like watching 20-point blowouts night in and night out, whether the teams are flip-flopping and they go to a game seven or not. It's not fun. I was gonna I say see an exciting game that goes down to the buzzer. I was gonna say it's especially odd because it seems like all these games are going back and forth as well. It's not like one team is just blowing through the entire playoffs. Besides, Golden State was pretty good against Dallas. But yeah, except they kind of struggled against Memphis. Yeah. A bit. Golden State is the best example of that. But even so, everyone's going back and forth. One team wins by 17, and then the next game they come out and score 20, 29 points, 30 points in the entire first half. They do nothing. Um, I don't know why. I'd like, to, I'd like to do some research into that, why this playoffs has been so – back and forth, blowout based. Um, it's odd. I don't know. But did you know, according to ESPN, we're picking the underdogs? Are we? Guess, guess what the percentage is on what they, what they have for the, the final. I hope they don't think Boston is going to win. Oh, they do. And let me tell By you. By what metric? It's, it's a lot. What's wrong with said, ESPN? He said... The series is Boston has an 84% chance of winning. 84? And can I bet on that? That sounds like free money, dude. Chance to win NBA finals. This is according to ESPN's basketball power index. Celtics have an 86% chance of winning the finals and the Warriors have a 14% chance. I can show you it right here. Yeah, right, man. Can I bet on that? That is free money. Well, no, because because the because the betting odds don't have the Celtics winning. It's all going to state. Yeah, because the betting right. odds aren't aren't stupid. And Steph, Steph is the Finals MVP favorite, right? You know, so this is the fourth time in NBA history that a team where their two leading scorers are both twenty five years old or younger, being Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yep. So this is the fourth time. All the times before. The teams are zero and three. There you go. You that's pretty good. That's pretty good statistics. I think. I think that's, I'm taking Golden State. That's the opposite of the uh, Jimmy Butler stat, though. Something has to give. Something we'll see. Free. And I'm going to go with the Jimmy Butler stat because that seems like a lot more of a coincidence than a actual stat. What you're thinking? The Jimmy Butler stat is a bit a bit of phony. 
Yeah, it's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> Compared to two 25-year-olds being leading scorers, that's pretty congruent. That could span over multiple decades. I don't know who those three teams were, but coincidentally, you played Jimmy Butler, and then you went on to win the whole thing. Also, not to mention, they're all from the Eastern Conference. Um, no. Or actually, no. LeBron. Was he out west? LeBron. No. When, when oh, the, yeah. the Heat went to the finals in the bubble. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about one in the finals. Um, either way, no. I don't care about Jimmy. Golden State. That is a cool stat, though, that everyone beats Jimmy and goes on to win. It's funny. It's only, it's only a matter of time until Jimmy wins. But Jimmy's going to come back to Philly, and then he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, man. A man can dream that we chose Jimmy Butler over Tobias Harris. Once Jimmy, once Jimmy teams up with LeBron, then the league will be on notice. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't add this in, as you might hear thunder right now. I didn't add this into the to um, the notes because I kind of kept it all finals. But the Lakers announced this week that they're keeping Russell Westbrook. Wow. Why? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to ask him. Well, the, the Lakers hired a new head coach as they well. They did hire blank, a new head coach. Blanking on his name. He's a, he's an assistant head coach from Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, Darvin Ham. Yes. Good for Ham. I guess he sees something in Westbrook on film that he thinks he can fix him a little bit, um, get him back to what he was. I always found it weird that Westbrook was so terrible with the Lakers. I um, did. I think what – I think – I think Westbrook needs the ball in his hands to to play the way he does. What's preventing him with that? LeBron being there? LeBron and AD. Both of them? Well, LeBron is the – doesn't LeBron bring the ball up for the Lakers when, when he's on the court? Le- LeBron's been playing at the one for the majority of his time in L.A., yeah. Well, he's like a point forward, so he'll play the forward yeah. position, but he'll – yeah. But that – well, that would mean that Westbrook isn't facilitating the offense. And Westbrook isn't the type of guy to be a catch-and-shoot guy because he's not a good no, jump shooter. not one bit. But also the spacing will be all thrown off because AD doesn't sit out on the perimeter. He's in the paint. Anyway, we'll get to the Lakers in another time when it's the offseason. <laughs> um, but let's get into this or that. I'm going to start it. I got a this or that for you, got it? All right. Mr. Jake. This pertains to Boston in these NBA Finals. What do you think, and who do you think will be more impactful? Marcus Smart playing defense for Boston or Jason Tatum playing offense for Boston? Who and what part of the game is going to be more impactful? Um, I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. and I like that answer. Here's why. Steph Curry. We were talking about him before. Um, mm-hmm. Steph Curry is a beast. I don't care who you put on him. He will put up insane numbers because they'll find a way to screen off of him and just, you know, shoot the three or do whatever he needs to do. He finds a way to score and he finds a way to get the points. But Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, maybe could find a way to slow it down. I'm not saying he could completely shut him down, but – if he slows him down, then maybe Boston will have a better chance. I think slowing him down is all you can do, as you exactly as you said. Um, and it'll change the game. It'll put that pressure on Clay. It'll put the pressure on Jordan Poole. Well, it may slow the Draymond game down Green. as well, too. Exactly that. And it'll, it'll force the Warriors to adjust. And that's all you can do for when you're this dominant over the course of eight years. You have to find a way to get them off balance, get them off rhythm. I think Marcus Smart can be that piece. I agree with you, in other words. Well, my this or that is basically the same question, except just overall, who will have the bigger impact for the Celtics? Marcus Smart or Al Horford in his first hmm. appearance, might I add? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Al Horford uh, – I guess set slash broke the record for most postseason games without making a finals, and now he broke through. So he's got the record holder, but at least he at least he made it to one. Um, 
I want to say Hornford, but everything that you just listed for Marcus Smart makes me pick Marcus Smart for that exact reason. Um, it's also difficult because I know, not know, I'm not from the future, but Golden State is going to dominate dominate this series. Um, but if there can be these games where it's like upper to mid 90s, keeping Golden State out of 100, I think Smart will be the influential piece of that. Um, but like, as we've talked about with the Warriors, they're huge on switching off ball screens, getting Curry the ball, getting mismatches, all of that. Um, so with Hornford, if he is able to stick inside to the big man, staying on Looney, staying covering Draymond, et cetera, um, if he is able to stick to what he does best, then I can see Hornford being more impactful, but based on what the Warriors have done in the entire Steve Kerr era, I will take smart because he's a little bit more versatile. He can play on the perimeter. He can play inside. He can cover whoever he needs to cover. Now, the only thing that I will say with Horford is, I don't know how this man ever does it. I never have understood it, but somehow he is literally like the only player in the NBA to like, with any slight bit of anything, be able to slow down Joel Embiid or contain Joel Embiid. And I don't know what it is or why he's like, why he's ever been able to do it. But if he could do that with Draymond Green, now the way Draymond Green has been playing for the Warriors lately has been great for them. If he yeah. can do that with Draymond, then there may be a shot. Now what you're talking with Marcus Smart and the Warriors switching off ball, stuff like that, mismatches, the only thing is the, the Celtics are a very much bigger team than the Warriors. Steph Curry is marginally smaller than Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. They've got size. So I don't really know how they're going to be able to do those mismatches, but they'll definitely find a way. They'll find a way to get Curry open. They'll find a way to get Clay open on the on the corner or wherever he needs to be. They'll definitely find a way to get their get their anything going. And like I've said, Andrew Wiggins will be a big factor in this finals. Never forget. Don't forget about Wiggins. I'm looking forward to that. Wiggins looking forward favorite. to this finals. To see, I'm very excited. I, I think Steph is the betting favorite to win Finals MVP, and I'm sure he he'll is. end up winning it. But it'd be nice to see uh, one of these one of these lesser known guys. I believe he's final. plus 100 to win the Finals MVP. And Clay, Clay's plus 1500. I'm not into sports betting, off? but he's plus 1500. If I'm if I did bet, I'm taking that Clay money plus 1500. Well, an opportunity. I, don't I, That's a good I, don't, I don't really know if I'd put my money on Clay just because I feel like if the Warriors win, it's a lock, I don't care. Plus it's a lock for Curry. But I will bet on Wiggins, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Better use of your <laughs> uh, But with that being said, thank you for tuning into this episode. Waldy, where can they find us? You can hit us up at Slinging Sports on Instagram and at Slinging underscore sports on Twitter. Some baller content all throughout the summer. That is also the best way to know when the episodes are dropped and released for your enjoyment. Cannot wait for that. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.